Welcome into the AI Podcast. This is week 18 now. Hard to believe we have made it. 18 weeks on this podcast and running because you people keep listening. So as long as you keep listening, we're going to keep bringing content every single week. I'm Austin Coates, live in Kansas City, Missouri, joined as always by Isaiah Sanders from Nashville, Tennessee. Isaiah, how are you feeling coming off that uh, President's Day holiday? Oh, you know, enjoyed the holiday. I uh, just got to hang out a little bit, so that was nice. Um, yeah, as as you were talking about, uh, shout out to our listeners uh, that keep on listening. Uh, only thing I'll say is just continue to like and subscribe. You know, rate and review the podcast. We love to see all of that, so appreciate y'all. But yes, um, yeah, excited to talk a little Chiefs football and. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of Niners football too with our uh, guests later on. That's right. That's right. And we're going to start you guys off with a little bit of breaking news here on the AI podcast. Uh, if you didn't see it today, Chiefs linebacker Anthony Hitchens uh, gone. He is waived by the team. Um, he spent several years with the Chiefs. Uh, prior to that, he played for the Cowboys. He was a mainstay in the Chiefs linebacking core for some time. And the Chiefs, in my opinion at least, made the right decision to go ahead and move on from him and his $8-plus million contract for next year. Yeah, no, I think it was the right decision by Brett Veach and Andy Reid. Um, you know, he was somewhat lauded for his ability in pass coverage as a Dallas Cowboy and the past four seasons, uh, he hasn't necessarily been great for the chiefs in that role. He's been, don't get me wrong. He's been a decent player. Um, but he really hasn't, uh, played up to what his contract was. I feel like the chiefs paid a player. They thought would improve off of what they saw in Dallas. And to me, he kind of stayed the same guy. Uh, he put up a little bit more tackles in the Chiefs system, running around a bit more, especially that first year in Kansas City. Um, and I, I think that first year we were still in that 3-4 defense, if I'm not mistaken. Then we transitioned to the 4-3, uh, and that changed his role a little bit. Um, so, and then this past year, uh, we kind of see it, we saw the emergence, really. And to me, this is what this cut was all about, besides getting rid of the cap number, but really the emergence of Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Um, and those are going to be two of our starting, those will be two starting linebackers going forward for sure. Um, so they will need to figure out that third linebacker spot in this 4-3 uh, defense under Spagnolo. Um, but this wasn't a huge surprise to me. Uh, he wasn't playing up to that contract, so it really made sense to let uh, Bolton and Gay get some more snaps. Um, especially, especially Bolton, I uh, felt like that dude had an excellent rookie year. Yeah, I really love the draft pick of Nick Bolton last year. Uh, Willie Gay is one of the most athletic linebackers in the league already. Um, he just, his sideline to sideline speed is phenomenal. And that's really something, again, that uh, Anthony Hitchens did not really have. And uh, we brought Hitchens in after Derek Thomas or not Derek, Thomas, <laughs> Derek Johnson 
after Derek Johnson was finished in Kansas City. And so we went from uh, from DJ, who left some very big shoes to fill, to Hitchens, who, you know, he didn't, he wasn't terrible, but, you know, like you say, he was lacking maybe a little. Um, but right decision in all regards. And also the free, uh, not the free agent, the uh, franchise tag window opened today. So you're looking for the Chiefs to maybe place that on uh, left tackle Orlando Brown. Yep, obviously uh, the Chiefs gave up quite a bit to trade for him. And I can't, there's not a world in which they're going to let him go after just one season with the team, uh, especially with how well he played. Uh, There were some early season hiccups in pass protection. I went to that Chiefs home opener against the Browns and uh, Miles Garrett's tough for anybody to block, but uh, that, that was stressing me out the entire game. I was watching those two go at it more. So that game than anything else. And he, he needed some help because got dang Garrett's good. Uh, But Orlando's an excellent run blocker. And I think he improved in pass protection this year. Actually, uh, certainly got more work than he did in that Ravens offense. Um, and for those listening, we are recording this on Tuesday night. Um, so that's when the franchise tag deadline opened. I'm sure this will release on Thursday per usual, um, just in case there's any changes between now and then. Um, but yeah, I definitely uh, see the Chiefs using the franchise tag on him. I don't think there's really another candidate on this roster. Um, And hopefully they can get a long-term contract worked out with him to uh, free up a bit more cap space than what the $20 million uh, franchise tag would be. So, Yeah, and a lot of people want that franchise tag to be placed on the honey badger. Well, but what they don't realize is that is going to cost entirely way too much money for a one-year deal for Tyron Matthew. So Tyron Matthew is going to hit free agency and we'll see what happens with him. But um, about Orlando Brown, I have kind of the same uh, perception of him as you mentioned. There were a few too many times where I saw linemen, defensive linemen, just running right around him. And uh, I realized that he switched sides of the line. He played the right side when he was with the Ravens. He came over to the Chiefs to play the left side specifically uh, and be Patrick Mahomes' blindside blocker. And I'm willing to give him next year before I formulate an opinion of him. I'll, I'll chalk up the first-year mishaps to, uh, to switching positions. Um, and being in a scheme which is relatively similar when you consider the type of quarterback that likes to ad-lib and run around and do all this crazy stuff. But we'll see what happens next year. Uh, I, I, too, fully expect the Chiefs to go ahead and uh, franchise tag Orlando Brown and uh, try to negotiate some type of deal with him. So, Isaiah, you want to... Tell us about this guest that you got us for this week. Yeah, so now we're going to have on Nathan Foster. He is a San Francisco 49ers blogger, and he's also the former editor of the Azusa Pacific uh, student sports newspaper. So went to college out there um, and talked with several 
of their college football players and ran that sports page for them. So, Nathan, welcome on. We're extremely excited to have you on. Doing great, doing great. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, here with myself and Austin Coates on the AI podcast. Um, so, Nathan, you are – say you're Kyle Shanahan, say you're John Lynch. What is your takeaway after that NFC Championship game? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I feel like there's definitely – you, know, you look back in retrospect, if you would have done a few things differently, a few drives differently, might have come away with the W. And I feel like if we would have won that, probably would have won the Super Bowl. But, you know, the Rams put together a dang good performance and you can't be upset at them for that. Um, and there's definitely some areas on the roster that we need to address. Um, obviously, the biggest one is quarterback with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Um, you know, Jimmy G is looking to get traded this offseason. I feel like it's probably going to happen sometime within the next month or so. Um, so we'll see what becomes of that whole situation. Um, but there's other parts of the roster that need to be addressed too. Certainly the secondary, especially cornerbacks is one of them. Uh, you know, we've got a couple good rookies from last year, but that's definitely the most vulnerable part of our roster. Uh, everybody else is pretty solid. So we'll see what, uh, what becomes of that. Yeah, no. And so just tell me, have you, thought about like what would an ideal jimmy garoppolo trade package look like just a couple of picks um what what do you think 49ers fans should be expecting in return for him yeah yeah that's a great question um you know that it really depends because this whole quarterback offseason is one of the wildest ones we've had in a long time um you know we'll see if aaron Rodgers gets traded if he doesn't that'll definitely up the price for a Jimmy G trade. Um, we'll see if Tom Brady returns. It doesn't really look like it, but it's potential. So that might, you know, bring down the price. Um, but I feel like they'll get at least, at least probably a second, uh, maybe a second and a later round, like a fifth or a sixth. And maybe potentially if there's really not that many quarterbacks in the market, they might get a first. You never know. But um, I feel like the what to hope for is maybe like a second and a, a fifth. Yeah, and, like Washington or Pittsburgh. Yeah, and we know that the quarterback position is such a vital position. Um, you know, if you don't have, you know, a solid QB, you're really going to struggle in this league. And so the 49ers went out of their way, um, you know, last draft to draft Trey Lance pretty high up in the draft. And so just curious to see your thoughts concerning him. Obviously, he he had uh, some limited snaps this year due to his role on the team. Um, he did fill in when Jimmy G was injured, I believe. But if he is to be the starter moving forward, um, what do you expect to see out of him as he you know, truly debuts as the signal caller? Yeah, Trey Lance is so interesting. Uh, you know, he... Number three overall pick, uh, had an incredible season. His, uh, I believe that was his sophomore year at North Dakota State. And then he only played that one game his junior year before he'd been drafted. Um, and so that's a big thing for him is inexperience. And a lot of people look at it like, wow, he's the number three overall pick and he couldn't overcome Jimmy G on the depth chart. But, you know, 
one year and one game, it takes some time to develop. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years, Patrick Mahomes, your guys' quarterback sat for one year. There's nothing wrong with sitting for a year. I feel like we place too much expectations on rookie quarterbacks now. I feel like Trey Lance, um, I mean, I feel like maybe his ceiling could be somewhere near Mahomes. I don't think he is going to reach that in year one by any means, but he has the athleticism and the arm to do that. You know, um, you see these throws that he makes. He had one in the Seattle game. He had one in the Houston game. And, um, you know, sometimes you see them in the preseason and whatnot. He has these electric throws. So I think he could be, you know, potentially a, a top 10, maybe even top five quarterback in the NFL um, is that realistic to expect them expect that of him this year? Probably not, but he will definitely provide a lot more electricity into the offense than Jimmy G ever did. Okay. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Uh, I love that kid coming out. Uh, like you talked about extremely talented arms. So I'm excited, especially to see what they can do uh, in the quarterback run game uh, just with Kyle Shanahan's wide zone offense um, I'm sure they'll have some exciting packages for Trey Lance in that offense next year. Um, this will be kind of my last 49ers question, because as you know, we are a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. So we're about to shift the focus over to that. Um, yeah. But free agency coming up, do you have like a dream target for the 49ers that you feel like could really shift this team going into the next season? Dream target. Okay. Let me think about that for a second. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it depends on, you know, how how we handle our current situations. Obviously, we've got to extend Debo. We've got to pay a lot of money to him. I don't know if we're going to extend Bosa this offseason or wait until next offseason. That depends on him. But I guess you said dream, right? So yeah. <laughs> dream for me would be probably um jc jackson of the patriots um you know he's i feel like top five corner in the nfl and i mean my gut tells me he's probably going to re-sign with the patriots because why not it's bill belichick but at the same time if he was willing to come over to san francisco you know he could compete with Jalen ramsey to be not only the best corner in the nfc west but the best corner in the nfl period and um, that would immediately fill uh, probably our biggest position need on the roster and along that same topic regarding free agency, as we now look at the Chiefs, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, Isaiah and I have been going through different position groups um, on the Chiefs and kind of marking down guys that we would like to see in a Chiefs uniform, realistically speaking, given the money situation. And so I'm just curious what your take is on this Chiefs roster as it is currently. And if there's anyone that you know of that you think would be a good fit um, on either side of the ball for the Chiefs moving into next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are, I mean, it's it's an interesting roster because obviously you've got some areas locked down, you know, quarterback, you got one of the best in the NFL. Um, but I don't know, like wide receiver, I feel like you've got, um, you know, you've got Cheetah. But behind that, it's kind of a question mark. Um, you know, I obviously got Travis Kelsey at tight end, but I feel like they've really been searching for that number two. I mean, Sammy Watkins did decently during that for a few years, uh, but now he's gone. And I feel like nobody has really quite stepped up to the plate as a true number two wide receiver. So on that side of the ball, 
Um, I really like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he could be really good in Kansas City's offense. Um, you know, uh, Cheetah is always great as that deep threat, but I feel like a lot of the shallow routes, you're not necessarily quite as talented in, and Juju is very good at those kind of more shallow routes. So that would be interesting. Um, as far as the defensive side of the ball, it, it really depends on how they handle the whole defensive line situation. I mean, I'd be interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on what they plan on doing with Frank Clark and whatnot. Um, but it depends on how much money they have, how much they uh, get from players they cut to where they can resign people or sign more people, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I totally agree about Juju. I th- he was one of the guys I talked about when we initially uh, had the free agency discussion about Chiefs wide receivers. So definitely on the same page there. Um, as far as the defensive line, uh, I really think Clark could end up being cut. It would be expensive. I think he'd end up being about $12 million, um, in dead cap, um, but they would save $13 million. So uh, Brett Veach certainly has his hands full trying to figure out that cap situation. Um, but I definitely expect them to add a pass rusher in the draft this, this year, whether that's with the first-round pick or second-round pick. I would think one of those top two picks – will end up, even if it's via trade, going after a defensive lineman to help reshape that defensive line. So that's kind of my thoughts on where they're going to go uh, along the defensive line. Their um, free agency might be a little bit tough because um, there's not a whole lot of candidates. Uh, one guy I liked was Emmanuel Ogba, a uh, guy was on this team previously. Um, coming back over from the Dolphins, possibly depending on what his cap number ends up being, because he could get some free agency love. Um, but I have one last question for you. Um, being a 49ers fan, I, I couldn't let you escape this podcast without uh, reliving the Super Bowl from two years ago and just your thoughts on that missed throw by Jimmy Garoppolo there at the end and what the Niners could have done differently in that game. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that was a good game. It, it did end up being a little bit lopsided there at the end with the last minute touchdown. Uh, but, you know, overall, I would say anybody who watched it knows that it was a very close game throughout most of it. And, uh, you know, our, our defense – held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs high octane offense to what was it um, you know 10 points throughout the first three and a half quarters and then it was in, in the last in the fourth quarter um, last six minutes of the game that they really collapsed right and so it is easy to pinpoint Jimmy G um, with that missed throw and uh, you know I, I think that um, there were probably different ones that he could have made. I don't think he needed to go for that deep throw because the deep game was never Jimmy G's strong suit. Like if they would have kind of worked the ball uh, more down the field with shorter throws because they weren't in as much of a time crunch, maybe that would have helped. But um, I don't know. I think the biggest part of that game for me uh, that really made me kind of question Kyle Shanahan for a bit was um, a fourth and uh, I think it was one or maybe it was two, fourth and two. Um, where they decided to kick a field goal instead of go for it. Uh, it was on 
about the 20 yard line. And I feel like if they were gone for it, they probably would have got it and, you know, maybe would have scored a touchdown. So maybe the whole game would end up differently. You know, it's easy to think about that Jimmy G throw, but I think there were a lot of other moments that led up to it that, um, you know, kind of forced that throw at the end. But the Chiefs played a dang good game. You look at Patrick Mahomes, he made some amazing throws. Um, it's that one called Two Jet Wasp, one of the greatest plays <laughs> in Super Bowl history. You know, um, can't be mad at the Chiefs. They they played the game and they won the game. And I, I fully expect the Niners to be back there within the next few years. I fully expect the Chiefs to be back there within the next few years. We'll see if they meet again. No doubt. All right, Nathan, well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to have you, Austin. I'm super grateful that you came on the show. It was great talking a little bit of ball with you, and hopefully we can talk again sometime in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me on. I hope you guys both have a great night. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, and that was our interview with Nathan. Nathan, thanks so much again. Uh, thank you to Nathan so much for coming on. It was great to talk a little 49ers football and just to be able to relive uh, that glorious Super Bowl win over the 49ers. So great time there with Nathan. Absolutely. Anytime we get a chance to kind of, uh, you know, show him that ring finger, we're going to do it on this show. <laughs> uh, and again, thanks to all of our guests that have spent time with us. Uh, the last several weeks. We really appreciate it. Uh, It's really going to help us in the long run with this show to have those quality guests come on week after week with us. Uh, Now we'll kind of transition into something that we talked about briefly with Nathan, but not specifically the position, and that is Chiefs free agency. Uh, So we've covered the wide receiver position. Um, Two weeks ago, we covered... The defensive line last week with Dane and Hughes. And this week we're going to talk about the Chiefs running backs. So we know this. We know that there is only one running back on the roster who is currently under contract. And that is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The other ones are free to seek out other suitors as they please. But I'm wondering if the Chiefs are probably going to bring back one if not multiple of those guys right and i would um the name i'm looking at right away is Jarek mckinnon absolutely Uh, this this was a player that we saw him come on in the playoffs and provided some speed on the outside that was very obviously missing um, from this chiefs offense and you know, whether that was because Clyde was a little bit banged up, uh, but Clyde even then is more of an inside runner. Uh, just he's he's built a little bit like Doug Martin, honestly, Clyde, uh, a little bit of a muscle hamster type. Yep. He's going to be in between the tackles, making some dudes miss because of his size, and he's got a little bit of wiggle to him. Uh, so a tough guy to bring down. Um, but Jarek really adding an outside element that he – this is a guy that could get to the edge on an outside zone or get to the edge on a toss. Um, so that was great to see that out added element in the Chiefs offense. He was like our second leading receiver one of the playoff games, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he's a threat in Andy Reid's screen game. So I would not be surprised if the Chiefs make efforts to bring him back. 
Um, and because of his injury history, uh, he's been around for a little bit. Uh, he'll be going into his age 30 season. I would think that he would be a somewhat, uh, you know, easy target to bring in, whether that's, you know, for a million or two. I would think the Chiefs would be able to bring him in. I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl Williams left in free agency. Um, you know, he could end up going to a place where he can truly be the number two back because um, he showed some consistency as a running back for us. Um, I wouldn't say he's a starting running back in this league. He doesn't have quite enough juice Um to be a starter for a team, but he can certainly be like a power back um, in some third down situations. So that's what I expect from him. And then Derek Gore is a guy that'll probably, he could end up on the practice squad um, for the chiefs this next year, I would say. So that's kind of how I view just our initial free agent shaking out there. Yeah. And I couldn't have said it better with, uh, regards to the running backs that are going to be free agents. I really liked what I saw from Jarek McKinnon. That ability to get to the edge is something that the Chiefs did not have in any other running back. And honestly, it was pretty frustrating to watch CEH run right up the middle without even trying to bounce it to the outside. Or if he tried, he just couldn't get it there. Uh, McKinnon has that ability. And if he gets to the edge, it's like a first down every single time, it seems like. And I think, you know, part of the reason why CEH frustrates me is not a fault of his necessarily. It's a fault of the play calling. You look at what Clyde Edwards-Alaire did in college at LSU, catching the ball out of the backfield was phenomenal. And that was what we thought we would see, you know, when he was brought on to the Chiefs. And we just haven't seen him used out of the backfield like I think we would like. So I think. If they can incorporate that more, that would help alleviate the frustration at the running back position. But I agreed, you know, Daryl Williams, thank you for your service. Uh, but I think I would go ahead and let him walk, uh, especially if I can get McKinnon. And Derek Gore, he provided some nice bursts at times. Um, yeah, I would keep him as well. Now, when you talk about if there are any potential free agent slash bring in guys, not to be starters, but to be more in that rotation. I don't know if you have thought of anyone like that, but I was thinking about this beforehand. One guy that I would have liked to see the Chiefs bring in last year, and they didn't, and he went inside with the Houston Texans, is former Broncos running back Philip Lindsay. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him when he was in Denver. Uh, however, he did not have the best of season with the Texans. He couldn't even uh, see the field over oh, uh, Sexy Rexy in <laughs> Houston. Uh, and then he got traded or he was waived and claimed by Miami, but he's going to be a free agent. It would be very cheap to bring him in if you needed someone else to uh, fit into the rotation. Yeah, no, he wouldn't be a bad option. Uh, I hadn't really considered Lindsey. He, given the Chiefs trouble over the past couple years in Denver. Um, but I, I'm just not, I'm just not a huge fan of him, honestly, as a player, uh, whether it's, I, I just can't describe, I think just he's, he's really undersized. Um, and 
Uh, I just felt like he would get one or two runs a game that really put him over. Um, but he's he's a little too boomer bust for me, which, you know, the players I'm about to talk about are probably in a similar light. Um, but two guys I was looking at um, that have a little more size to him are going to be Matt Breida. Uh, he was with Buffalo this past season. He actually picked up some touchdowns. But this is another former San Francisco running back, uh, similar to Jared McKinnon, a guy that um, can add some speed on the edge and can be a threat in the pass-catching game. So he's a guy I would look at if I was Kansas City. And then the other one uh, would be Chase Edmonds from Arizona. I'll be surprised if they let Edmonds go. Um, they had some success with James Conner, but Edmonds has been a pretty consistent player. Um but teams kind of get scared of giving out second contracts to running backs. So it wouldn't be a huge surprise if he ended up signing elsewhere. So he would be an excellent pickup for the Chiefs. And then um, the last kind of surprise or like dream target would be Cordell Patterson. I think he's played his way into a bigger contract. Um, but some teams might might look at this guy and say he really only had one, you know, hugely productive season and that was with an undermanned Falcons team. Um, but I really think they found something with that kid. I've always been a fan of Cordero, and he can certainly add some juice not only um, as a running back but also in the return game. Which, when you're talking about a backup running back, you want them to be able to contribute on special teams. So a guy like that would be awesome to have for the Chiefs. Um, but I, I like your point with um, Philip Lindsay. I feel like him, Brita, and then, um, gosh, I went blank for a second. McKinnon, obviously. That we, Oh, Edmonds. yeah, and Chase Edmonds. I feel like those guys will be kind of – uh, should be some main targets for the Chiefs in free agency. Yeah, I got to be honest, not sure that running back outside of, you know, filling the holes is going to be a, a top priority for the Chiefs front office this offseason. But um, that's that's the people that we have in mind and that we think would, you know, fit well in with this Chiefs offense. Um. Yeah, another week goes by, ladies and gentlemen, counting down towards the draft. Can't wait for it. It feels like it's been a year without football, but oh, it's only been a week it's, and it's it's uh it's a it's, crushing it's been feeling. A long week. <laughs> that is uh, everything we got for you guys tonight. Uh special thanks again to Nate Foster for coming on with us. We do really appreciate it. Guys, if there's anyone you want us to try and have on, anyone you want to have uh, their voice out on these airwaves, message me, message Isaiah, let us know. And a lot of these people are just a message away from coming on the show with us, and we will try to get anybody that we can. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. We You've certainly put on the work on getting some great guests and we will continue to do that to bring you all the best content we can yeah again special thanks to our listeners in germany i see you out there listening we're trying to get this thing global 
And uh, with that, it's now time for the final play. And Isaiah, I, did, I specifically did not tell you what I was going to talk about beforehand because I want to get your raw reaction to what I'm about to say. Chiefs fans need baseball season to start now more than ever, and I'm about to tell you why. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on on Chiefs Twitter the last week and a half or so regarding Patrick Mahomes and his family. Uh... I've got one thing to say to the people that are continuing to berate Patrick and overanalyze every single thing that him and Brittany do and that Jackson does. I'm not denying that those two are annoying. They certainly are. But leave the people alone. They don't have to contribute to your uh, anger or anything on a daily basis. Just because you find someone to be annoying does not mean you have to constantly cyber bully people on the internet. Just chill. Log out of Twitter for a bit, Chiefs fans. It's going to be a long off season if you keep this up. Um, and you know, God forbid that uh, Brittany or or uh, Jackson say anything else that will continue to fuel the fire. I think the Chiefs fans just need to leave them alone. Patrick's done a good job of downplaying all these rumors that are out there. Although, you know, sometimes you wonder if some of them are true. But, Chiefs fans, leave them alone, or it's going to be a very long offseason. Absolutely. Leave, leave the man alone. Leave his wife alone. Leave the kid alone. Like, you got to be kidding me. Twitter needs to freaking charge, like, half a cent per tweet or something like that so the people will think about what the hell they're talking about on the internet. It is exhausting to see the stupid talks and takes that come out about, oh, Patrick had to sit down with his wife and younger brother about they can't be at the games because it's bad for his image. Like, holy cow, people get a life.